Well, I don't think Litovic is a stranger to any of you today, but if he should happen to be, Litovic Pierre is an elder here at Bethel, as well as the pastor of the Haitian Christian Fellowship, and we are delighted to welcome him here to the pulpit today. Let's welcome Good morning. morning. You hear me clear? All right. Say thank you to church. Thank you to God, to God, to bring the word of God here this morning. It's always a, a favor and a privilege that the Lord do to me when each time I'm standing to bring his word. I was so blessed last Friday when I uh, met uh, with uh, my brother Stephen, Bruce, and uh, some of the fellow downtown Minneapolis, you know, praying for people, you know, that was a big uh, blessing to see Bethel is not just sit down here, but Bethel is everywhere in the city and everywhere. <laughs> all over the world. Um, This morning, uh, we have uh, uh, a title of our message that from Matthew 22, uh, verse 1 to 14. But um, the title is, uh, Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. And there is one thing that I that I did, I don't know exactly why I do that, but uh, you see the, on the overhead you will see a lot of reference, but the, the scripture might be not coming up there. Probably I was thinking about uh, a lot of us probably uh, with uh, that, with the overhead, you know, we can uh, forget where the, where the book is in the Bible, and then I just do that. No. I just uh, doing some uh, uh, practice on that, and I probably next time I do it better. Forgive me. Um, many are called, but few are chosen. You know, when they're going to have election on a country, especially you see uh, here they're just looking uh, people of character, people who really uh, they're accredited, and uh, they can choose a lot of. A lot of people to be a candidate, but not all of them who are going to elected. You know, and then, uh, but in uh, uh, days they will got to an end, we probably just say, okay, we need only one president, not two. And then they got to choose one, and uh, that's come from you. And sometimes uh, our choices is, uh, is not really accurate than uh, the one that we're going to talk this morning about. And uh, secondly, we see on school, by the time school opens, and then the school have some kind of uh, rules and principles, they tell the student, you know, this is the grade, this is uh, the, your average that you have to be, 
and then uh, to move to another level or to a next grade or to graduate at the end of the year. But uh, most of the time, there are some students who uh, embrace those principles. They work hard. They go even over the grade they, they need to. But uh, there are some of them, they just uh, know the principles, but they just neglect it. They're going uh, playing around. Thought they're smart, they can make it. But sometimes, you know, and then uh, when they come and close, you know, by the, taking the test, they fell. Yeah. You know, they fell the test. Why? Because they were playing around. They don't pay too much attention about it. And then uh, when the test come, and then uh, they fell and they start judging wrongly the teachers. Oh, the teacher is, is rude. The teacher is, is not good teacher. There is no good explanation. But uh, at, the, at the beginning of the year, probably, uh, all the teacher might be saying, you know, if you don't understand something when I, when I speak, ask question. Or if you don't understand something, you know, stay after school or come before school and I can help you. You know, but uh, most of them, probably sometimes they reject that. They don't do that. And then uh, they prefer to go play, you know, stay in front of TV, you know, just play game, you know, go around, you know, work on, and then do all the stuff. And then uh, and at, when the test has come, and then now they just stay there, and then they feel like they're on the test, but they're sweaty, <laughs> you know. <laughs> they're sweaty because they're, they're looking for, an, for a good answer, but they couldn't find it because they didn't study, they didn't, you know, prepare for the test. And uh, that's another thing. But uh, at, the, at, the, at the end, there is people who are happy. There is some also who are angry. Angry to themselves, angry to the teachers, angry to the school. And the school probably don't do anything wrong. They want you to progress. They want you to move on. But uh, sometimes it's just your fault to not pass the test. And uh, here we got to go with me on uh, Luke 17. Luke 17, verse 26 to 30. Luke 17, verse 26 to 30. Just as it was in the day of Noah, so also will be in the day of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day of Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the day of Lot. Of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building, but the day of Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. It will be just like this on the day of the Son of Man is revealed. Many are calling, few are choosing. Noah... At the time of Noah, 
The Bible said, no, I spent uh, years in, in telling the people they need to change their way. They need uh, to refocus and come back to the Lord. The way they are going, there will be a wrath. There will be a, uh, there will be a, uh, a judgment upon them. Noah keep uh, warning them as uh, the Lord uh, tell, told Noah what going to be happen. But on the people, they didn't uh, listen to Noah. They stay and remain doing uh, the ugly thing on the eyes of the Lord. And uh, <clears throat> this is what uh, they are doing. Everyone was doing terrible and detestable things in the eyes of the Lord. The thing that can make God angry, the thing that can make God, you know, uh, uh, upset, they're doing perversity. Perversity was filled the whole earth at the time of Noah. The spirit of darkness was covering the whole earth. The people did not have a regard, respect, or fear for God the Creator. They're doing what they want to do. That's what they call it fun. And then when Noah see it as a, a punishment, as Noah saw it as, a, as a, 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 a subject that can come and bring the wrath of God and then call the people, change, because God will tell Noah, I cannot see those things anymore. I'm going to act. And the Lord spoke to Noah, you need to bring me, to bring, to build an act. And we see uh, corruption was, in the corruption in God's side, violence was everywhere. Everywhere. And, you know, there was a sexual perversion rampant on his time. And the time of Lot was blunted, aggressive homosexuality. And it seemed like just like we see today on, this, on the world. People are choosing, you know, uh, to do wrong in the eyes of God. Especially in this country, America, a blessing country. A country that the Lord and love and bless, where everyone from everywhere want to come in here because of the blessing of God. But now, today, you can see everywhere where people doesn't want to hear God, they choose to, to get things to come in legal, just like people at the time of Lot. And then uh, God called the church to awake. The church needs to awake, to stand, and then uh, to uh, proclaim the word of God, the word of truth. Because at the time of Noah, when we read in the book of Luke, he said that the time of Noah and the time of Lot will happen the same way it's happened, it will be happen when the Son of God will come. That's a warning for me and you today. And Noah standing by himself for years, proclaiming the truth to tell the people to change their way. It's pleading, it's warning them. Change. 
Tune your direction, tune your way, because uh, God going to act. He's not going to leave this beautiful earth that he created just like that, messy on that way. But they didn't listen. They didn't pay any attention to, to Noah. Noah, are you, are you crazy? Hmm? We are on a wonderful, you know, life here, and then you tell us to turn away. And sometimes what seems like wonderful to you, it could be a curse. It could be something that's going to, that going to, uh, squeezing you somewhere. That's going to lock you somewhere. That's going to be, can become a big wall and leave you in the darkness. And now we need uh, to change. Our direction. We need to cry for America. Because America is running, it's, 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 it's going on a direction that's not pleasing God. That's not pleasing God. And in uh, the church, you need to stand as Noah was standing. Noah wasn't have any fear to telling the people, no matter you did not listen. Noah was so patient. Even they, they ignore him. And then Noah remained faithful in telling the people, God will act. But now praise God. God found in Noah a man after his own heart. When the, what, what he found in Noah, he found in Noah a man of righteous, righteous men. He's found on Noah, you know, Noah blameless, nothing to criticize. Noah don't do the evil thing on his side. Noah follow his principle, Noah following, following his rule. Noah walking with God in reverence and fear. Noah was so obedient to the Lord. He committed engaged to his task until the flood come. Noah so respectful in choosing by God, save from the worth of God, and also his family found favor because of Noah. And then on the, the first Peter said, you know, first Peter three, he tell us, you know, only eight people who saved from the wrath of God when Noah were preaching for years. Right. I, I read several commentary about it. It says, the Lord came to Noah when Noah was four and eighty years old. When he, when, when he was about six hundred years, the Lord come again and said, Noah, it is the time for me to revenge of all these things the people do in my eyes. So about 120 years, Noah just telling the people, change your way. And today we are about 2,000 years since Jesus bring us, you know, a life. And then he says, come to me. Whoever come to me, I will give you life. And he will be back soon. Many are called we see uh, a man that I call uh, Gideon, who the people of Israel were doing a lot of uh, things that's not pleasing God. And then uh, 
they fall into the hand of the enemy, to the Amalekite and uh, Madianite people. But now, they cry to the Lord. And the Lord sent them a servant. His name is Gideon. But Gideon, that turned with me on the book of Judges 7. Judges 7, verse 1 to 8. Early in the morning, Jehud Baal, that is Gideon, and all of his men camp, camp at the spring of Howard. The camp of Madian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moed. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men for me to deliver Madian into your hand. In order that Israel may not boast against me, that I that her own strength, he was saved, that he was save her, save her. Announce now to the people, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left. Well, 10,000 remain. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water, and I will sift them for you there. If I say this, one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this, this one shall not go with you, he shall not. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him us, Separate those who lapped on the water with, uh, with their tongues, and like a dog from those who kneel down to drink. Three hundred men lapped on the, with, uh, with their hands to their, to their mouths. All the rest go down on their knees to drink. The Lord said unto Gideon, with the three hundred men, that laughs, I will save you and give the Midianites the Midianite into the hands, into your hands. Let all the other men go, each to his own place. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites to the, to the tent, but kept the 300 men who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. You see here, the Lord, uh, Gideon, who had 32,000 men, and Gideon filled the 32,000 men, probably not even enough right. to go to fight, you know, to a multitude of people that he's going to face. But uh, the Lord uh, spoke to him and says, Gideon, you know, probably was trembling. When God said, you know, this, this number is too, is too, is too much for you to go to fight with these people. But the Lord, uh, bring them into a test. The first test, the Lord take 22,000 men off. 22,000 men off. Probably Gideon put his hand on his head, oh Lord, 
you know, how that can be. But uh, even that, the Lord make another test. He said, Gideon, the man still too much. And he made a second test. He take off 9,700 men off from the army. He left only 300 men. But the Lord said that 300 men, that the 300 men that can, are going to listen to you. That 300 men that's not going to, to, uh, uh, uh feel, uh, fear when, uh, when they heard, uh, the mighty night, you know, beat their feet, you know, knock their feet on the ground. They're not going to run and leave you alone. And then that, the, that the men, those 300 men, that the men you're going to choose to go with you into the battle. And then, uh, me, I will give you victory over these people. And then, uh, they choose to 300 men. Going in front of multitude. But this man, that the men who were, who forgot about everything, and then trust God, and God alone, and then they trust also in their leaders. When the leader is going to say, okay, you're right, they're going to do right. In the book of Judges 7 verse 17, it says something there. Let me read that quick for you. Judges 7 17. Watch me, he told them, follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. Okay? Follow, watch and follow my lead, you know? And then it's, it's a, it, it, it just get in and give them an order here. Watch and follow. And it's not the man who's going to say, okay, those, those, uh, numbers, the first 20, 22,000 and 9,700, when Gideon say, right, they might be complaining. They might be whining. They might be saying, oh, I saw them coming right here. They might be full of fear. But uh, these three men, when Gideon said laugh, they said, they, they, they just don't laugh. When Gideon say right, they turn right. They follow the instruction of their leaders. They're not, they're not resist the leaders. And then they, they trust the leaders, they trust God, and then they said, in the name of God, we go in to in victory. They were in a complaint and say, oh man, we were 32,000 men and then now just three of us, 300 of us? How come that can be possible? But they trust and then they walk with God. Many are choosing, but few. Many are called, but few are choosing. You see how many people which were, were choosing to go with Gideon and how many get into the battle. And today, uh, church, the Lord said, you know, Jesus said, a lot of them will say, Lord, 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 but not all will enter the kingdom of God. Look this morning, if you are not, and the many who will not. Because you're not going to suffer on this world where there is war, there is tribulation, there is many things. And then you're in the church every single Sunday. And then uh, when Jesus comes, you hear the truth. You got the truth. And then uh, you walk in the truth. The truth is everywhere, especially people who live in America. Gospel is everywhere. And when Jesus comes, you're not saved. That will be a double punishment. You have a privilege that many countries don't have. 
But uh, um, many are calling, few are choosing. And even uh, when after Jesus' resurrection, in the book of First Corinthians 15, uh, Jesus met about 500 plus people. But uh, there, he said he met uh, 500 people on the book of First Corinthians. But on the book of Acts, Act 1, verse, uh, verse 15, the Bible said the people who were waiting for the power to come was only 120. We don't know where the West were. But he said only 120 were waiting for the power, and then all this 120 received the power when the Holy Spirit come and speak new language. Many are called. And in Matthew 25, we're not going to stay too long on this one. You can read it for yourself. Matthew 25, 1 to 13. There is a parable there that Jesus gave, you know, about uh, ten people, ten ladies, ten, ten uh, young ladies who waiting for they, they, they receive the word that the bride will come, but they have to wait. And as they're waiting, they have to prepare because they don't know exactly what time the bride will be, will, will, will come. That was said, five of them waiting wisely. What does that mean? That means uh, they're waiting and prepared. They have an extra, you know, oil. Because they don't know exactly how long the journey will be when uh, the bride will come and what time it will come. That's why also we as church, uh, we need to be ready every single day in our life we got to say, Jesus coming tomorrow. Jesus coming later on. We don't know. We have to be re- ready. Have to be ready. And then those ladies, five of them, didn't get, you know, they're just like the kids who were playing at the time of school. They think, you know, they will make it. They think, you know, they were smart enough to, be, to, get, to, to, to get there, to pass the test. Without preparation. And they didn't get oil. They didn't get extra oil. And when the, when the bride come, you know, when the bridegroom come, and then uh, that's now they get up, you know, to fix, uh, the, to fix their lamp, you know, to get their lamp and go. It was, there is no oil in their lamp. And then now they want some more for the they want some oil from the other people who were ready and asked them, can you give me some? They said, I'm sorry. You know, what we have is not even enough for us. Go over there. And by the time to go over there, it was too late. And then they come and knock the door. The door already closed. And the bridegroom said, I don't know you, who you are. And as uh, the bride coming in, and then on a good time with uh, the, the bridegroom. And then uh, the, the bride stay out. And then as he warning them, I will be back. But they didn't take, you know, attention 
about the word that they receive all year. Turn with me in Matthew 22. Matthew 22, verse 1 to 14. Jesus spoke to them again in the parable, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet. For his son, he sent his servant to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come. But they refused to come. Then uh, he sent uh, some more servants and said, uh, Tell uh, those uh, who have uh, been invited that I have uh, prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted, and fatted cattle have been uh, butchered. And everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But on this, they pay no attention and went off. One to his, to his field, the other, another. The rest of Caesar, his servant, mistreat them and kill them. The king was enraged and sent his army and destroy those murdered, murderers and burn their city. Then he said to his servant, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you found. So the servant went out into the street and gathered all the people they could have found, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But uh, when uh, the, the king uh, came into the uh, came in to see the guest, he noticed a man uh, there who was uh, not uh, wearing wedding clothes. When he asked, "How did you get in here without wedding clothes?" He, the man uh, was uh, speechless. Then uh, the king uh, told uh, the attendants. Tied him and, and, and food and throw him outside into the darkness where they were, where there will be weeping and gnashing of thief. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Here I, I said, you know, a rejection that become an opportunity. A rejection that becoming an opportunity. God has sent uh, his messenger <clears throat> twice to remind the people about the banquet. The word, I, I use the word here, I said reminded the people. Why I say that? Because when you look at the scripture I just read here, is when he sent the messenger, he said uh, to those, he sent the servant, to those who had been invited. That means uh, the, the messenger here is not the first people who tell them about the banquet. They already knew 
you know, about the banquet. Alright? But uh, they, what they, they answer, they refuse the first reminders. They didn't receive them. They're just uh, <clears throat> ignoring them. God sends a, a second reminder to tell the people, you know, that <clears throat> the banquet is ready. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to bring anything. You know, everything is ready. Just bring yourself. Just bring yourself. You don't have to spend anything for it. Everything already paid. Everything already set. You know, just come and, and enjoy it. But uh, the second one they said there, they ignore the messengers. They tune off from, from them. They're going to their own way, to their own business, doing their own thing. I don't know how many things, how many times people in the church stay in judging the message than to let the Lord work this message into your heart. To let God, you know, Lord, please, Father, show me what you, teach me here, Lord, what you want me to learn from you. Then to judge the message. Why the people uh, did not uh, receive the invitation? Why that? Number one, uh, they did not receive the message because uh, they didn't want to to know and bow before the son of the king. They didn't want to do that. They want to stay doing their own thing. The God of this of this age or the God of this all are blind their heart and collapse their heart. They couldn't see, they couldn't understand. It is true. Their heart are collapsed. It's terrible. When your heart is collapsed, when you cannot receive. Second Corinthians 2, 4, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to read that for you quick. Second Corinthians 4, Verse 4 said, The God of this age has blinded the mind of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. That's why they cannot receive the invitation because they're blind. They're blind. They're full of pride. Oh, that's uh, a terrible and fatal disease. For someone, especially for you, a Christian, to have pride. When you have pride, you cannot receive, and then you become a judge. You judge every single thing in the negative way. You can't see justice. You can't see right. You can't see things the way is it. You can't see the light. And then you see just yourself. Just yourself. And you become so big. 
You know, you just got a living in you. You know, it just make you becoming so big. And then uh, they, on the wedding days, on the wedding banquet, if you get bride, you will not enter into the door of the banquet place. Because, uh, you know, you're becoming so big, and then the door is becoming too small for you, and then you're watching like this, and you couldn't get in. Because pride makes you, you becoming so, you know, you're just so big. The door will become too small for you, and there is no way they're going to crack the wall to make you in. No matter if they crack the wall, you will be still too big to get in. That's pride. Right, it's terrible. It is terrible. And that's what happening. If you read Isaiah 14, and then you can see what happened to Satan when you get full of pride, say, I will build my kingdom. I will be higher than, than, than God. That's how pride is. You always, you always, you always higher than everyone. And then you, you just put yourself in a position you cannot listen to others. You cannot follow because of pride. Their heart and way are hearted like a rock. You know a rock? If it is, uh, no matter how much water you can take to pour upon a rock, you can spread that water everywhere around it, but get into it, never be. Because it's, it's hard. It's hard. And then uh, that's the heart of this, of these people who receive, who receive the word and then who, who receive the invitation and then rejected their heart becoming, uh, so hard. Let's see on, uh, Jeremiah 2. <clears throat> Jeremiah 2. Verse 13 says something. I'm going to read that for you. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. You know, there's a lot of people, when your heart is hearted, you're going in your own way, spend all your energy, you know, doing things that's least important. That cannot bring you anything, any fruit. Because you want to stay your, alone, you know, and then frustrated you, yourself and think you're going good thing. And then that's what happened to the to this to these people. They want to go in their own way, doing their own thing, and reject the truth, and reject the reality. The hearted heart. He says uh, the ability to say no to God in spite of overwhelming evidence and pressure to say yes. And uh, Joseph Excel said, when uh, a man forsakes the fountain of living water, he cannot get rid, rid of the test. 
And there is still within him the same absolute necessity for a revelation of God. Always. When you're rejecting, when you, can, you cannot receive, the people cannot receive that because they're too busy doing a thing that's not important, as we already see that. And then they become the rebellion, the rebellion. They say, no. No. They don't want to hear that. That's bothering them. That's, that's making me, you know, that, I can't hear that anymore. That's bothering me. That's so, that's so weird. He's came telling me all the time, you know, about, about Jesus, Jesus. About banquet, you know, I, I don't, I don't need that. I got enough thing to do. That's bothering me now. But there is also today a lot of negative, you know, expression that we heard. I don't care. But uh, if you don't care, you will care. I'm telling you the truth. Noah tell the people, they said, I don't care. But uh, when the water start coming, Noah already on the boat, you know, on the ark, you know, and then maybe praising God in there, give God glory with his family in there. And then now the people keep calling Noah. Noah don't have ears now to hear them. That's when the flood comes, they do care. You know, you don't, I don't care. What, I don't care about that. And then what they think they should care, that they think they said, I don't care. It's okay when it's not okay. You know, when you are a Christian, if you're not okay, if thing is not okay, say, no, it's not okay. Don't cross it on the wrong path, on the wrong way. Right. Tell the truth. Tell the reality. You are questioned. Right. You, you, you are the truth. You know, you, you, you follow Jesus as the truth. Right. If Jesus is the truth in your life, you cannot remain on the position, the place where you keep yourself on captivity of the enemy. Yeah. Right. Right. Break the chain. Right. Tell the truth. Move on. Get off and receive a freedom from Jesus. That's nothing. I know, I know. That's a lot of, uh, you see a lot of teenagers this day. You know, and then uh, they know, they know, they know. And sometimes when they need to sit down to listen to their parents, the time they can understand things, the time they can understand their pastors, they can understand people who are older than them, that the time they say, I know, I know. They don't pay attention. But if you are one like this, this morning, change your word. I don't say you are one. But I say, if you are one like this, change your word because later on it will be tough. The wedding, the banquet requires special uniform. In that uniform is free of charge. You don't have to pay anything for that uniform. But you have to have it. You must have it. Without it, you cannot get in. That's the only thing that's make it, that will make it, you know, uh, impossible for you if you not receive that uniform. It's there for you. And then on your size, you know, you don't have to worry whether you come in and just say yes. Just say yes. I receive it. I got it. And your uniform already there. 
make for you. Let's look with me in Isaiah 61.10 to see what the, you know, um, the uniform that you need. Isaiah 6. Isaiah 60, 61, verse 10. I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoice in my God. For he has clothed me with the garment of salvation. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation and arrayed me with a robe of righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest. And as a bride adorns his herself with her jewels. This is the uniform that you need. The garments of salvation. And the robe of righteousness. And then uh, there is uh, many other scriptures up there. Uh, the only thing I got to make in the correction in, in, in the correction in it is where you say AP. AP is uh, revelation. Not, not, that's a French I use apocalypse, but it's not apocalypse. It's the same thing, but just revelation. If you take note, just put revelation in fact of AP. Otherwise, you won't find it in your English Bible. (laughs) Forgive me. (laughs) Yes, that's the uniform that you need. And then... uh, the, The clothes of salvation... Only the son of the king that has that uniform. If you not know the son of the king, you didn't want to bow or you didn't want to meet him, it will be very difficult to receive it. And number one, to found this clothes, you go to go to the wedding banquet, you must meet with the author of salvation. The author of salvation. Who is the author of salvation? And then uh, when you read in the book of uh, Acts, Acts chapter 4, verse, verse uh, 12, it says there is uh, no other way you can find uh, salvation except in the name of Jesus alone. Right. You must know Jesus Christ, you know, to and to go into the wedding that he prepared. Where Jesus said he's going to prepare a place, right? And then uh, for us. And then uh, he will back and get us. There will be a wedding. And Revelation talking about it. And Revelation 19. And on uh, the wedding of the Lamb. You know? And then uh, we as the church, that the wedding we're going to. The wedding of the Lamb. But you have to meet the author of salvation. Secondly, you have to... <clears throat> Uh, no, the extension of salvation. The salvation is so wide. Yeah. It's so wide. It's all over. And Jesus sent us in Matthew 28. Go tell everyone. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. And act, you know, act one, and then it says, uh, go to, you know, to Samaria, Judea, and everywhere. And tell the people about the good news of Jesus Christ. Three, you must know the cost of salvation. 
It is. It's God's God. It's God's God, his only son. The son who do white on his eyes, the son without sin. Second Corinthians 5, verse, verse 21, he says, This man don't have anything wrong in him. That the man who give his life for us, Jesus. You must know the cost. And then uh, you save uh, with the blood of Jesus. First Peter, First Peter 1, uh, verse, uh, verse 18, 19. <clears throat> if you have your Bible, just quick, let, let go there quickly. And this is what he says. For you know that it was uh, not with a perishable thing, uh, such as silver and gold, that you, ha- you were redeemed, but uh, from the empty way of life and the down to, the, to, the, to you, from the forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, the lamb without blem- blemish or defect. This is, you say, with the pure guy. He gave his whole life for you. And then in the book of uh, Isaiah 53, verse 10, it says that please God to give his son to crush for you and me to receive life. And if you want to go to the wedding of the Lamb, you need to know the cost of salvation. <clears throat> Many are calling, are called, but few are choosing. <clears throat> it says that the Jews refused and did not pay attention to the invitation, but it became an open door of opportunity for the Gentile. If you read on. John 1, verse 10, 14. It says, I come to my own, and my own did not receive me. But unto those who receive me, you know, you have become men, the child of God. They become men, the child of God. That's not mean the Jew going to be perish. Because in the book of women, and then the Bible tells us that there is, there is, there is salvation for them. But, uh, <clears throat> In, in, in even in Matthew 22, in, in Matthew 22, we see it says bad and good, all going to be saved. But uh, you have to know Jesus Christ as your personal savior. And here, you know, Paul said the Gentiles will pay attention. In Act 28, verse 28, I'm going to read that quickly for you. At 28, verse 20, verse 28 says, Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. They will listen. Me and you, we have the opportunity, we found the opportunity, and that opportunity that we found, the Bible said we will listen. And this morning, Jesus didn't want anyone to be perished in this house. He wants everyone to be saved, not only here, but people wherever we were. That's why he sent us go to all the nation. And then uh, we also, I believe, uh, we are on the way, called the house of nation for the house of prayer for all nations. We are not just sit down here. You are everywhere telling the people about Christ, the Savior of the world. The Jew, the, the gentle, will listen. In Acts 13, verse 40, 
45 and 46, when the Jews saw the crown, they were filled with jealousy and talked abusively against what Paul was saying. Then uh, Paul uh, and Barnabas answered uh, them uh, boldly. We had uh, to we had to speak the word of God uh, to you first, since you reject it and do not consider yourselves uh, worthy of eternal life. We now turn to the Gentiles. We now turn to the Gentiles. That's been uh, you know the the focus. Of the gospel is changed. Not only because God wants to leave the Jews behind, but he says, as they are rejected, Paul and Barnabas turn into the Jew, the Gentile, and tell them that Jesus Christ came to save them. And then just like you see on the Matthew where <coughs> where Jesus speak here. It says that when, uh, when the people rejected, uh, refused, uh, and then uh, mistreated uh, the people, and then what happened? He sent the people another direction to tell all cow people on the street there is a wedding banquet for them here. Yeah. They can come. Come. Do not hold. Come. And last time I saw Pastor Jim here was crying. Crying. Just like if you remember how Jesus was crying. And then uh, that crying, it wasn't a simple cry, just a or human cry. But I saw it as a true crying, as a true crying of Jesus. Crying to the people, come to repentance, change your way, come to Jesus. Living the way that can bring you into, uh, into the wealth of God and come in in the lovely way of God and receive Him and have joy and have peace and have restoration for your life. My goodness, when you come in the presence of God, praying God, He showed us so many signs, but that time I was broke when I saw Him cry. That's a cry I've been here for about 14 years. I never see him crying that way. I can see the cry of love, the cry of repentance, the cry of freedom, the cry of restoration. Come to the people. Come. Running. Running. And then uh, don't stay on the trick of the enemy. Remember last time on how... uh, Andrew was preaching about uh, how the enemy is twisting things. Uh, that's the time now we need to wake up to understand uh, how the enemy are doing things. I have some questions for you this morning. I did question myself the same questions that I'm going to ask. But the answer is in your hand. Are you in the few that are choosing? Are you repent and tune to Jesus yet? Are you sure if there is a one that choosing, he or she is you? Are you sure you are not refused the invitation? Are you positive about it? 
Have you have your uniform yet? No matter the quantity we are, there is uniform for every single one right now. Very important, not at the banquet, not at the wedding banquet. At the wedding banquet, it will be too late. That's where the, the, the foreign guy tried to get into and then uh, the owner, the king, come in and make some kind of inspectation, inspected, you know, his, 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 uh, his body, you know, and then found a stranger here without the uniform. And then he tell the attendants, tie him. Tie him. I don't know, I don't know, my friend, my sister, my brothers and sisters, the Lord will give you a warp soon or later. There's people, you tell them about the Christ, they want to hear you. You will have a warp. We don't want that. We don't want to do that. But it will be happen because there's people who hear the truth, but who refuse to accept the truth. Examine yourself and find out what can make you disqualified. Remember the parables of the invited people rejected the, the free invitation and later on and later one of them want to enter without uniform. This morning uh, the warning is for me and for you. We need to examine ourselves. And if you for years or for days or for Hours you miss, uh, you know, your, your relationship with the Lord. There is a time that fix, you know, the worth of God will come. It says, you know, when just that we read in the book of uh, Luke, uh, and then it says, God will, that the thing that happened to the time of Noah will happen again. Maybe not with the water, but it will happen again with the, when, the, when the Son of Man will come. Today it's a day. To come back to your, to the Savior and say yes to Jesus. Say yes to Jesus. No to deception. No to the voice of a stranger. No to the voice of the enemy who tried to crush you later on. Who, who tried to squeegeeing you against some wall where you will not enter in. But this time, may you come. May you come. Please, you don't come before Lidovic. You don't come before anybody. You don't come before the elders here. You don't come before Pastor Jim. But you come before God and say, Lord, here I am. I want to renew my, my covenant with you. I was going, Lord, on a path that's not pleasing you for days or for months or for years. But today, Lord, I want to give you my heart. I want to save. And I know, Lord, there is no other way I can save except in you. Father, if you come on a few minutes, I will be with you. If you come on a days, I will be with you. If you come on a year, I will be with you. May you come. May you come and renew your relationship with the Lord. Noah called the people for years to come. 
Lord, tell the people, tune the way of ugly thing that you are doing. They refuse. Fire come, water come. This morning, Jesus will come. That's the last chance. May you come. May you say yes to the Lord. I'm going to turn that to Pastor Jim. Please stand together, please. This is a sobering word that we have heard this morning and a word that requires a response. So one more time, I invite you to open your hands. And if you have heard the Lord calling to you this morning, and you've never received him as your Savior and Lord, if you've never surrendered your life to Christ, this morning he is calling. And perhaps there has been a point when you have surrendered your life, and yet you have abandoned the wellspring of life and turned your heart and tried to run your life on your own cisterns, your own wells that you have dug, your own, you know, things that you've dug, and the water's getting pretty stale and pretty dry. While our hands are open, if you just want to come forward right now, I invite you to right now just to take that step. There's nothing magical about an, an altar area here, but there is something significant, and that is when we take a step, it actually somehow engages something in us. It's just an act of obedience. It's an act of response that engages us. So would you come?